Yeah, I've watched our game like three times already. So. I want to watch it again. Like I have not had a chance to because I was watching the kids today. But man, I wanted yeah. to watch it again. Yeah, I've watched it twice uh, today, and <laughs> it, I watched it last night. So good! Oh god, you had no idea how hard it was for me to <laughs> not tell you what was going on. It's like assuming a win. I'm like, oh, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Yeah. Let me be surprised. The funny thing is on Sunday morning, a friend of mine, one of my friends down here who's a big Miami fan and a Miami graduate texted me something. I'm, I was guessing related to my birthday. So I handed it to my girlfriend and I was like, just read this for me and make sure it's not a spoiler. And she goes, oh, good thing you did because it's a super spoiler. of the HLS podcast of victory edition of the HLS podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me in text. Of course, as always, folks, you can catch us over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, and of course, you can always find us over at HerLittleSons.com. We are live on Twitch.tv slash HerLittleSons. Join us on Discord or live chat channel, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord. And with that, Shane, Notre Dame got you one hell of a birthday gift, did they not? Oh man, did they ever. Pretty much all I could have ever wanted. I mean, it was it was it was genuinely a perfect weekend aside from that, and then this just topped it for me. It was like perfect. Oh yes. I mean, I, it could not have gone much better. I am beyond thrilled. And and folks, I mean, you've listened to this podcast before. You know I like to lean pretty optimistic. I did not see that coming whatsoever <laughs> yeah not quite like that <laughs> no yeah and hey the good news is i'm not going to be coughing as often i promise i'm actually feeling somewhat human now uh but we are going to talk notre dame michigan there were a few college football games going on uh week one like we said before wasn't the the big major splash that we've had in weeks past but there were a few big ones we're not going to talk about it too much because Shane, I know you really, really want to talk about Notre Dame, Michigan. I know I want to talk about Notre Dame, Michigan. So we are going to get on that as soon as possible. So with that being said, let's go ahead and go to this one. This is a great start to a football weekend when something like this happens. And if you're on stream right now, you actually see the score that I'm laughing about. And that is number 23, Texas falling again to Maryland. Not only did they fall to Maryland, this is a Maryland team that was having all kinds of drama of their own. And Texas came out. We've seen Notre Dame come out flat. Texas looked worse than any of those Notre Dame teams I've seen come out flat. It was awful. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get to see most of these games, so I didn't actually get to see any of this game, but I was tracking the score actively. And it was just, you know, it kind of just the whole time I kept thinking, if this holds what what do we actually make of Tom uh, of Tom Herman at this point? Like, what do we make of him? Like, like genuinely, it, are, aren't we supposed to see some special corner being turned, or you know, that third year magical whatever the hell elevation thing happen? Um, it kind of looks like the same Texas of the past ten plus years, and I'm not really sure what to make of it. And Maryland still doing the same old shit to him. 
Yeah, and uh, there was a t-shirt that came out. I'm really tempted to get it. It has a crab, and it says cakes and beating Texas, as in what Maryland does. So, um, yeah, uh, DeGerber, uh, yeah, Texas is back. No, Texas is, they're back to their same old, they're on their bullshit again. They're back on their bullshit. Yeah, and this brings up a good point because, quite frankly, I would have been in the camp if Tom Herman had come to Notre Dame, if that scenario played out, I would have been happy. Now I'm like, you know, it's still, he's still got time. Obviously he's still got time to, to get some things going in his direction, but it it doesn't look good right now because you would think you would be able to, I mean, look, if you lose on the road, that's one thing, but to come out and they look lost. and, And that's really the scary part there is they just look completely lost and, Man, I don't know. This is a very rough start for the Herman era in Texas. There's way too much talent in Texas. There's way too much money at that school to be doing this kind of crap. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next one here. And this one was a close one. And App State, damn near on the anniversary of when they beat Michigan, the exact same day. They damn near do it again to Penn State. Penn State had to force overtime in this one, and they ended up winning in overtime on one possession. App State couldn't stop them, and then it was a four and out for them. It was pretty. It was pretty nasty at that point. But um, man, I tell you what, what where this makes a difference though is you had nearly a, a top ten team almost going down. So for Notre Dame winning, that's a nice little jump this early in the season. Yep, a plus. I mean, you have to you have to wonder here. So, I, again, I didn't get to watch most of this, but my, my question is: What do, is this more indicative of questions about Penn State's defense, or is this more so across the board? You know, the post Saquon era is their identity different? You know, I, I mean, I'm, everyone obviously respects App State because they've done this before; they've been here before, um, and they've become an elevated program since the you know 2007 upset of Michigan, but. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting this, especially from a team that was supposed to, you know, be expected to be possibly contending to win the Big Ten this year. Um, What do we make of this this kind of result? Are are they worse than we thought? Is it a defensive question? Is it an offensive struggle? What is it? And and I am wondering, I'm I'm in the camp of leaning towards uh, a post-Barkley era little adjustment because everyone's like, oh, but they got Trace McSorley. Well, here's the thing. McSorley was able to get, you know, uh, do all those long home run celebration bombs that he was doing yeah. because they're having to worry about Shaquan Barkley out in the backfield. So when that weapon is gone, now all of a sudden you got to adjust and there is probably a little bit of maybe you got a little bit of rust as well in there. I mean, that I can understand somewhat, but man, it, you shouldn't be struggling like this again, App State. And I tell you what. I'm surprised anybody's still scheduling App State at this point, especially in week one. Maybe that's not the best idea in the world. All right. Well, we're going to go down to a top 10 matchup that was, it lived up to the billing. Uh, I was, I really did think Washington was going to pull this one out, but I tell you what, Auburn's defense, just a little bit too much. Uh, Stidham had a good game. And I I said before, when I picked this game, they live and die with Stidham. I I just felt Washington had a little bit more to prove. And, and really that what it comes down to almost is Washington misses a couple field goals in this one. So they're having to push it. Uh, and late in the game and not only that um the red zone defense by both teams was just incredible i mean this was a defensive nasty slugfest 
Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's sad to see. I mean, well, not sad to see, but if you consider this was kind of the Pac-12's hope for the guaranteed hope for the playoff spot, right? This was going to be their their launch point. If Washington could pull this one out, then they were going to be in the driver's seat to essentially try to establish themselves as the the, the contending Pac-12 team to win the conference and then play for the uh, you know play for a national championship. But now um, you can pretty much assume that unless unless there's a miracle, Washington's moving down that conversation. It's going to be probably the role falls to now USC to try to carry that position. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to see what comes of that. Yeah. And I, I'm still in the camp, at least right now, because this was week one, because the game was so close that yeah. the committee is not going to punish him for losing to what should be a top 10 to top 15 team in Auburn, unless they just completely lose everything going down the road, which in the SEC West, you never know what the hell is going to happen there. So uh, I don't think they're going to be punished as heavily for it. So if they do win out in the Pac-12, I think they still have a shot, but this would have made it a hell of a lot easier. And the fact that they were so close, it just... Uh, it, it almost makes him feel worse, I would say, at that point. They just got so yeah. damn close and weren't able to pull it off. True. Well, this one was fun. Last night, there was a football game, and uh, LSU pulled Miami's pants down. I mean, it was very similar. It really felt like watching Notre Dame's roles get flipped and, and Miami having the karma just come back on them like a thousandfold. Yeah. LSU actually had something that resembled quarterback play, and that's all they needed because Miami couldn't get the turnovers. No turnover oh. team, no victory. LSU embarrassed them, thirty-three to seventeen. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, this would I feel like the the surprise of the weekend. I mean, I, I think Maryland Texas was quite the surprise result, but I think in terms of what the expectations were for both teams' identities, this is the one that kind of flipped the script the most. You know, there mm-hmm. was the expectation that Miami's defense wasn't going to skip a beat. And the LSU is going to continue to struggle with the idea of a plant, plant or plug-and-play quarterback that they borrowed from some other timeshare. You know, that, that has never worked for them. Um, and yet, here they've come in, and just in having anything resembling decent quarterback play takes all of a sudden LSU to that elite, potentially elite level. And there you go. They, they Like you said, they completely pantsed Miami. It, it was, uh, I think, uh, Spencer Hall over at uh, SB Nation said that it was a, a five alarm pants shitting going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it really was. Miami, uh, Rozier looked like he was about to die in, in this yeah. game. He was getting hit so damn hard. It was it was just bad all around. Uh, but, you know, I didn't mind it at all. <laughs> it no. made me feel a little bit better. Uh, and going on right now, uh, hopefully the, the score has not changed since I made this little slide here. Uh, but in the, in the third quarter, it was Virginia Tech 17, Florida State 3. Bringing it up because these are two future Notre Dame opponents. And I must yep. say, Florida State's defense looks like hot fucking garbage right now. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not doing so well right now. Their offense doesn't around uh, defense. Of course, it's, you know, uh, the, the Elliott system is obviously something that they're that they can't scoff at, but you would expect with the, with the return of uh, DeAndre Francois uh, to their starting lineup, you would think that they could produce more, but they look, um, they kind of look like dog shit. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and, and Virginia tech, I mean, it looks like they, their offense has been somewhat decent. The first drive, they just absolutely pants Florida state. It was absolutely embarrassing. And, you know, beyond that, I mean, they've just been in control for this game. They block a punt 
get a touchdown. So Beamer ball very yeah. much still in place. Uh, and Florida State just looks all kinds of out of sorts right now. Cannot get through that Bud Foster defense. And I tell you what, Virginia Tech on the road, that's going to be one hell of a tough game for the Irish. And now Virginia Tech had a hell of an offseason too. Lost a lot of yep. players. And they don't look like they've skipped a beat. But Florida State definitely looks like they're still trying to figure out what exactly they are under Willie Taggart. Yeah, I mean, I, you can imagine there's going to be some growing pains. But yeah, it looks like uh, Justin Fuente. Uh, to honor those of solid verbal, um, that, like they're, they're hitting their stride and they're finding their identity. Uh, it's it's starting to look a lot more like they're uh, cohesively attacking um, to their to their strengths, and and, and even d- despite the chaos of their offseason, they seem to be putting it together pretty cohesively. Yes, absolutely. All right, now we get to the fun, Aha. or at least right before we do. This is a good time to mention. Before we get to Notre Dame, Michigan, because we got a lot. And yes, we very, very quickly on purpose went through everything because we're going to have a shit ton of fun with this. But before we do, I hope everybody that was out at the game had a nice place to lay your head down after it was over. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there was some celebratory drinks. Hopefully, all you had to do was walk back to campus. You didn't have to get some kind of crazy ass shuttle to get over to another parking lot to then drive down. Or, God forbid, you try to go back to Chicago the same night. Thanks. Folks, what we're talking about is going to Written Like a Champion, and they are absolutely fantastic. I use them every single time I go out to a game, not just because they are fine, fine sponsors of Her Loyal Sons, but because it's the easiest way to do it. You don't pay for an overly expensive hotel room. Split a house with a bunch of your friends. It could be a huge group, a small group. Have houses for every single fitting there. And then all you have to do is come back. You can sit there, and afterwards, if you want your steak dinner, you can make your steak dinner right there so go to rentlikeachampion.com and if you would go to herloyalsons.com use the link there and also use hls50 that is hls and the number 50 get 50 dollars off your next rental because uh right now it looks like we may have something special brewing uh, for notre dame because notre dame 24 michigan 17 and holy shit i don't think i've gotten to say this in a long time when it comes to notre dame score that score is nowhere close to where this game actually turned into. Nowhere. If it wasn't for some special teams fuck-ups early in the game, Notre Dame probably runs away with this damn thing. That kickoff return took a lot of wind out of sails, and then after Wimbush threw his interception, it was an arm punt. I mean, it really didn't yeah. screw him in, in any way, shape, or form. That's one of those turnovers. I'm like, eh, whatever, especially when you got a lead. And then it was like, okay, let's not fuck this up. Let's just be, let's get a little bit more conservative. Let's not Tulsa this game away. And Notre Dame comes out with a victory. It was, um, it was, it was like an, uh, an eye opener from them, like from the first moment, like the first, really the first touchdown was that moment where things kind of like hit me and you make you say like, there's something different about the speed, about the, 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 the look, I guess, the, the eye test, if you will, of this team. Um, just watching Jafar Armstrong accelerate from nothing to everything in about two and a half <laughs> flat. Um, the dude's burst is, is like awe-inspiring. And I was live-tweeting this game because I was catching up uh, on it uh, Saturday night. Uh, or, or Sunday night, rather. This, uh, th- this team looks like they have weapons in place on both sides that are going to disrupt the pacing of most teams they're going to face because they play with this reckless abandon and this otherworldly level of speed 
that I don't think we're used to seeing on this kind of team. Yeah, and, and a reckless abandon, I think, is a really good thing because Wimbush definitely played with that. And Fink's touchdown catch is Ooh. exhibit A in it yep. because it was super aggressive and he did it and he was zoned in. There was no way he was throwing that ball because he was going right after the player that got ejected. So he's like, right. I'm going after. And that's what every other team does. That's what good teams do. They've done it to Notre Dame before. We always say, well, well, shit, that targeting absolutely fucked us over because they yeah. would go right after the backup. And Wimbush did that. But the difference this time, and it wasn't, I think this is the prime example. Fink ripped it out of two defenders' hands. Yep. And he wasn't the only one doing it. The receivers were super aggressive and going for the ball. Everybody just had, like you said, this. it allows you to play with this reckless abandon when you're being that aggressive and you're going after the ball. It doesn't matter sometimes if the throw isn't perfect. Hell, that's what Charlie Weiss was almost a staple of his offense, was just fucking chuck it up and see what happens. And yeah. if you want the ball more than to the defender, you're going to get it. And that makes all the difference in the world. And really, as far as the confidence for Wimbush, all the difference in the world. He didn't look like he had the yips. He threw swing routes. He threw screens. And then he bombed it downfield without a problem. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Wimbush's confidence level was um, another eye-opener. Like, it was almost impossible to miss. He uh, he played, like, comfortable. He it, you, could, you could tell that Chip Long had established with him that this, this play-calling system that we're going to go with today is to focus on getting you to move out of the pocket if you need to, to give you more chances to run, you know, basically to trust your abilities and play to what you are and not to what we want you to be or to something that we were trying to create. Um, and it was pretty evident because he was playing loose. I mean, yeah, the arm punt was kind of part of that, but he was playing with this kind of confidence, this this swagger. I mean, he was he was really trying to trust his sidearm. He only hit it about one out of three times. <laughs> but he, he was really going for it because he was feeling that vibe. Uh, you, you could just kind of sense that this, I guess, this addition of Wimbush is now in his own right, uh, the owner of this offense, if you will. And it's kind of, I feel like that's going to only improve over time. And if this is the starting point, I can, I can't even wait. Not, not to even mention the fucking defense yet. Yeah, and we definitely have to get to the defense. We already got in the chant. Uh, D. Gerber, you know, says Kareem is going to be a fucking monster for the defense, and that is no doubt. We're going to have oh, to yeah. give him heaps of praise soon. Uh, but the other thing was, as far as it being his offense, because Book did get to come in, mm -hmm. but there was no doubt for both of them. It was like, okay, I'm hopped in because Wimbush got poked in the eye, and, well, yeah. he took a little bit of a hard hit. Let's give him a little bit of a blow here. And Book didn't need to throw the ball. He was just in there, handoffs like, oh, okay, going back to the sideline. Sure. I did my thing. Wow. And it was all good. It was, I mean, Michigan, and the thing that was incredible was that Michigan's defense in the second half played like I thought they were going to play all game long. I did yeah. not expect them to get absolutely pantsed and exposed in the first half like they did. Because Notre Dame came, you know, we we mentioned, don't be afraid if Notre Dame has a couple of three and outs. It's a really good defense. Well, Notre Dame turned around and said, fuck that. We're just going to score yeah. on three out of the first four drives. How about that? And we're just going to we're just going to go with that and see how it works. It's Absolutely. The, incredible. Three, and out. three, uh, three and out in terms of three scores and then we're out. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> and it really was because after that yeah. point, I, and I, I said this on Twitter, this is no lie. I was only nervous during the actual game, like when it started and mm -hmm. then at the very end when Michigan was going to make their attempt. 
Because yeah. for the rest of that, even when they were being ultra conservative, even when the offense wasn't going anywhere, I'm just looking at they don't have enough time left, and their offense looks like complete dog shit right now, and this defense yeah. is tearing them apart. And really, let's talk about that defense, because how long has it been since we've seen a four-man rush just rip, rip absolutely rip through an O-line like that? I mean, I, obviously, not till, not at least it's 2012, but I mean, it looks different. Even in 2012, it was basically like, you, you know, it was, the, it was the usual two suspects. It was going to be Lewis Nix or it was going to be Stephon Tuitt. Essentially, otherwise, it was any supporting players. It could be Captain Lewis Moore maybe once or twice, but... It was the usual suspects. Now it's the entire line and the entire rotation on that line was just ripping off of blocks, was just shedding their, t- their, their blockers and just completely just wreaking utter havoc. What it, even by name, that stat doesn't do justice to what they were doing. They were they were just confusing. They were misdirecting. It was I mean, Khalid Kareem's first sack was the stuff of like predatory nightmare from like Tad Geo. He came around with like such a low center of gravity, like a cheetah in full sprint. Like it, it was incredible. I mean, it was, I haven't seen something like that in a long time. No, it's, it's downright scary. And granted, Michigan's had some trouble on their O line for some time. Now, while this may be the best defense Notre Dame is going to face probably the majority of the season, this is not the best offensive line they're going to face. I would wager because Michigan has some problems, but Still, it even with weak O lines, we've not seen a pass rush like this. We're, let's not forget, we're only two years removed from a BVG fucking god awful defense that couldn't get a sack to save their life, and now yeah. all of a sudden we're like, yeah, we got it too deep because let's not forget <coughs> Myra uh, MTA because I'm not even going to be able to pronounce the last name goes down. Notre Dame yeah. submits a beat. Nope, I mean. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's it, it's unfortunate. Obviously, that he's he's going to be out for at least ten weeks with a broken foot now. But they didn't even. It, it was almost unnoticeable. I mean, I remember thinking, "Oh shit, MTA is injured," but then l- kind of literally instantly forgetting about it. Yeah, um, it, it was awesome. I mean, it yeah, sucks for him, great. but it was awesome to see the depth. Yeah, yeah, no, they were they were unbelievable. I mean, the, the front seven was terrifying, but I mean, even the the defensive backfield, man. Alohi Gilman is my new, <laughs> is my new, like my, my new everything. I want all of the stuff to be about him now. Like that's my, he's my whole jam <laughs> at I, this point. I am so fucking pissed that the NCAA did not allow him to play. I will go so far as to put this hot take in here. If we mm-hmm. had had him, we would not have lost to Stanford because that was the thing that no. fucked us so hard was that safeties couldn't figure out which way was up. And now yep. all of a sudden you have Aloha running around everywhere to fuck everybody's world up. He was yeah. an absolute monster and it rubbed off on Elliot because he absolutely trucked a tight end about twice his size. And he... He laid the, wow. he made that dude a piece of wood. <laughs> like he turned him into a plank of wood. Uh, it was, it was nuts. I mean, and, and Alohi, it's funny. He's, he's the exact same player that I saw when I went to Jacksonville to photo, to photograph that game. That was the, that was the first time That's I right. saw Alohi. He did the exact same thing to Tony Jones. Every time he touched the ball, he flipped him low, pulled him up high and just basically was the only moving part hunting down every guy, any ball carrier in the back in the backfield consistently. He was a torpedo. He had a homing missile to the fucking, <laughs> the fucking ball, and he showed it again. And now, I mean, now he's a year and a half into this system, and I can only expect that he's going to get even more terrifying. Which 
I cannot wait to see. It's it's absolutely awesome. And, you know, even Belial, who a lot of people, oh, he's probably going to get, you know, taken over. And even I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have put him on my top 25. And all of a sudden it was, oh, well, he's coming out like a rocket. He almost got a sack. Like the only thing yeah. you could say that he did bad was he should have killed Shea Patterson and he whiffed on him. But yeah. he was playing like a bat out of hell. Drew Tranquil, and you got a good screenshot of this on your Twitter feed. He is yeah. all the way the fuck over. Well, here, let me over here. Yeah. Michigan guys way over here. And he catches up to him in like two seconds flat in two seconds. I actually timed it two exact <laughs> seconds. He closed the gap. And and it's it's been so insane. And yeah, we haven't even talked about Tiller just popped up in the chat again. We haven't even oh. talked about him who yeah. it, he's just a monster. He was in the backfield all day long. And at the end of the game, he was right there. <laughs> it's no, Tiller, the the entire off the the, the the defensive line just felt like it, it was like this. It, it didn't even feel like ours. It didn't feel like it belonged to us. No, it was like absolutely it, not. It, it, I, we, I didn't recognize. It's like I know that these are the same guys, but it looks like they're all on steroids. Where did they come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not physically, but like you, you just get this feeling that they all just took like you know some kind of incredible you know power up in some game and then just came onto the field with like increased stats body body by bayless just just went up another level or something yeah Yeah. it was it was absolutely insane to to watch all this and i know there was a lot of hand-wringing over how conservative the play calling got but here's the thing Mm. when you have a multiple possession lead in a game and you know the other's team's defense is pretty damn good. You're not going to give them an opportunity to make a big swing with a pick six. You're going to get right. you're going to shell up a little bit because you know there's a defense behind them that can actually make up for it. Because yeah. you're you're not afraid to put the the game in the hands of the defense. It was something that I got pissed that BK did back at that Texas debacle, where it was what fucking defense were you watching that you could yeah. trust them to stop somebody? Now it was while I got nervous because it's a game winning drive attempt. That's more natural nerves because it's just a tense moment. But yeah. I had no problem with BK giving. Nope. Now, had I been coaching, I would have tried to go for the kill. That's just me. I would have gone play action pass and probably would have ended up taking a sack or throwing interception or some <laughs> dumb shit like that. Because that would be classic, you know, you know, hold me, I'm Irish type shit that would happen yeah. to us. But it's, you know, BK's like, nope, stay the path. It's been working for us. We're going to make them try to win this game because. And this blew my mind. Harbaugh was in no hurry to try to catch up and win this game in the last couple of drives. It was it was like Andy Reid and Les Miles had an unholy baby and became Jim Harbaugh because I have never seen clock management that bad. And I've seen some shit in this game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally didn't get it. Like, he just gave up. He basically just said, like, well, I just want to just get, get a second and make sure my guys are all lined up. It's like, dude, like, can you you got to go. But it's like, you know what? No, that's fine. Keep keep not doing it. No, but it, it it felt it just it felt from the beginning that this game was going to be well in hand. And when you have the 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 pacing that Notre Dame did, uh, essentially every defensive play was disruptive, was putting them off schedule or was hurting somebody in some fashion. Um, then that's when you recognize that yeah i can trust myself to, to slow the offense down milk this clock and just preserve the win i'm sorry but like in any other situation i mean nick saving would have done the exact same thing even oh if god like, yes yeah even if he was playing fucking troy he would have done that you know what i mean like he, he, you just he just recognizes that ultimately what matters is the w and especially in a high profile high rate you know ranked matchup game to start the season you need that momentum 
Like, why fuck with it? Like, I was, I had no problem with it. I was like, I, I wasn't sitting here like thirsting for more points. I just wanted to say they beat Michigan. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, I would have loved to have blown them out too, but that, that went out the window when we fucked up the special teams. I mean, when we yeah. gave up that kickoff return for a touchdown, the blowout was pretty much done because now all of a sudden, I mean, Notre Dame would have had to immediately score and they didn't on the resulting drive afterwards. That would have been the only way to really get back into, well, maybe you can blow them out because after that point, no, it was not going to happen. Uh, but I do want to point out one thing just with how incredible the defense played. I'm going to point out something that for the box score that we got up there, 58 oh, yeah. rushing yards from <laughs> Michigan. Now, granted, some of this includes sacks, but holy shit. I mean, yeah, that, Michigan is, is supposed to be big boy power football. And it, it was almost like everything. It, think about it this way, Irish fans. If you've watched an Notre Dame game, you're like, why won't they just run the football? It's because we'll say we'll come back on this podcast like, well, they couldn't run the ball. They didn't have a choice. And that got to the point where they could do nothing but pass. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame did that to another football team. And yes, did it to did. Harbaugh and, and completely threw him out of sorts. They're like, oh, we got this mobile quarterback. Maybe we can roll him out of the pocket, get away from him. And none of that shit worked at all. Nope. And nope. the running game was non-existent. And granted, Notre Dame didn't have a huge running game either. Jafar Armstrong, while he made some impressive moments, didn't you know go off for 100 yards. You know, no. Wimbush was the, the best rushing weapon all game long, especially on that third and 18 draw. Oh, man. Oh, man. Which was such an incredible, incredible fuck you. To, uh, just beautiful. It's they could not stop him when he scrambled. They just they couldn't figure it out. I mean, they, they, they always had the, the pocket outside collapse, but they could never contain him. Yeah, and, and the, here's what you got to think about. And Michigan is good at pressing on the line, playing man coverage, and Notre Dame exposed it. It's like, okay, that's fine. So, Brandon, when you see that and you don't see anything immediately, just go, just run. Yeah. Because you're going to yeah. have at least 10 yards. And he did that. And, you know, it took Brown a while to adjust his defense. It basically took a whole half for him to say, okay, maybe let's back off of this a little bit so we can make sure he doesn't kill us. And that's exactly what happened. They made adjustments. And then Wimbush finally made a mistake. And then yeah. Kelly made an adjustment and said, all right, let's let's just go ahead and let this sucker play out because I'm going to bet our defense holds this one. And he was absolutely correct. Yep. I tell you what, it's great to see headlines that Harbaugh got outcoached. <laughs> I mean, he absolutely did, man. He, did. He, he got outcoached by by Kelly, by Long, and by Clark Lee. I mean, Clark fucking Lee. Like, holy shit! That, that tell me, look at a dude that does not fear throwing all the kitchen sink at, at, at your ass as consistently as he can, and especially when you have an, a weapon like Alohi to just like set free. Yeah, he was he was not just saying, okay, yeah, my my front four are destroying people, so I'm just going to sit here and do that. Granted, that's all he had to do at the end of the game, and that was very yeah. smart to just keep everything in front of him and make Michigan work to get uh, their junk touchdown. But yeah. no, early in the game, he's sending blitzes, he's sending safeties, he's sending corners. It was yeah. just reckless abandon. <laughs> Again, yeah. it was, hey, we got good enough corners and safeties back here to make up for it. We're fine. And yeah. Notre Dame really did not give up any huge chunk plays except for like, what was it? One 30 yard pass. Was it or yeah, something the, the along one, those lines? The 152 yard 52 pass. Yard, that's that's it. what it was. Yeah. that And that was it. Yeah. And it was absolutely incredible to watch Michigan sputter that much. Their, their savior Patterson is, is not doing 
You know, he's he's given them just as good quarterback play as they've seen before, which yep. makes me laugh. And then he's having to run so much that he finally cramps up and they got to right. bring in a, a, a backup, which they were not wanting to do. And when that happened, they just went all out to try to kill him. Yeah. Essentially, they, they smelled blood in the water. and They just went to hunt. Yeah. And again, this this is what and the reason why I'm so giddy about this is because it was that aggression that you saw, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that Notre Dame was like, we're not losing this game. You're going to have to like run through a wall to be able to pull it off. And it, it, it was weird to see the other coach for once being the one that didn't seem to know what to do. He's not onside kicking. His quarterback's not snapping the ball till it's 10 or below on the play clock. They don't even yeah. bother to spike the ball. They're just sitting here as a hope and a prayer that they can figure something out and that Notre Dame's just going to let them walk into the end zone was about what it looked like they were looking for. Yeah, I mean, basically at the end, like he he just seemed out of ideas because he stopped trying anything. He was it was basically running a, four, a first quarter offense in the in the in the last two minutes, just you know, slow to the line, huddling up, checking at the line, calling audibles, like letting the play clock run down to five seconds. Like, are you out of your mind? I don't know. I, it's fine. I, I don't have I have no problem with it because you know the the best tears are the ones from Michigan, but <laughs> but I mean ultimately. I'm just still in awe of how the team performed. Like what they did to Michigan is more impressive than, you know, what Michigan lacked or, or, or how they were, how they responded to the situation. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, there a couple of comments here in the chat uh, regarding Shea Patterson that are really funny. Tape four CA looked better, <laughs> <laughs> which is still sad. As funny as that is, it's sad that we can say that. Uh, the yeah. other one is Patterson didn't have just have a deer in the headlights look. He had a police don't send me back out there look. He was terrified. Yeah, he kind of did at a certain point. He was on the bench, just kind of. I mean, he he had cursed himself out like four different times when he was headed to the headline or to the sideline. But there was a point where he was on the bench where the doctor was kind of asking him like, "How how does this feel in your ankle?" And he just kept saying like, "No, mm-mm, no." no. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you sent me back out there again. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. And, and when he did have to go back out, he had to go on a run. His leg gave out. And he just face planted because he, he cramped. He, he completely seized up. I mean, yeah. God, you when that happens to you, you're just like, yeah, please, please don't. I, I'm done. I don't. I don't need to go out there again. I'm fine. No, so it's funny because then he used that time he went to the locker room and it feels like at the locker room he like it's almost like he had a good cry and now he came back out <laughs> and now he's feeling better you know because he it's like he needed that moment in private to you know say say to the mirror get it together Shay <laughs> you know? sit there looking in better in the mirror you could do this Man, you could gosh darn it people like you <laughs> you're special they liked you in Old Miss they'll love you here <laughs> oh man but, uh, I, and I tell great. you what. Uh, you know, death taxes in Michigan convinced that they really didn't lose to Notre Dame because after wow. the game, um, Benovich, I think that's how you say his last name, because he, he had a hell of a game. Number yeah, one, I'm about to run his ass over here, but he had a hell of a game as a Gary on the other side, too, which we very much expected. And Notre Dame did just enough and mostly Wimbush running the hell away. Um, mm-hmm. He said after the game that he was confused how Notre Dame won. Because they didn't dominate them in any facet of the game. What? <laughs> All right. 
cool. So you just were watching something totally different then. I right? mean, look, from his perspective, yeah, he was in the backfield all game long. There was very few times that her name got the best of him. You had a good game, sir. Tip my hat to you. You're going to make yourself some damn money in the NFL. But your uh, team was fucking dog shit the rest yeah, of the day. Man. If yeah. you, you scored one offensive touchdown. And it One. came in junk time when Notre Dame was playing as loose as freaking possible. And it, the main reason it was driving fans insane was because you scored an offensive touchdown. There yeah. was a little bit of here we go again, but it was also nobody wanted the offensive touchdown to actually fucking happen. But uh, yeah, and man, going around the Michigan forums, going on oh. MGO blog. I haven't even gotten to taste any of that. It's in my veins. It was so fucking great because everybody was lighting Harbaugh on fire just beside themselves. And yeah. freaky, uh, God, it's Braylon Edwards, who is a Big Ten Network analyst, got his ass suspended for calling. He called out Shea Patterson and someone else and called Michigan football trash and yep. got suspended by the Big Ten Network. Yeah, just that's, because he knew. <laughs> that's how good it was. That's that's just how deep the cuts go. I mean, but that's that that is just obviously just pumping us full of life. I mean, I feel like I've lost five to ten years off of my age. Um, you know, it's this is the, this is the way that that football is meant to feel. Yeah, when, I think it when, healed my cough. Yes, when Michigan implodes <laughs> and everyone else is, is, is improves, it's it's like a it's like offsetting energies, right? When you take enough <laughs> of a siphoner off, you all of a sudden you have this ex- excess resource allocation to the rest. Um, yeah, fuck Michigan, they suck, but um, they actually proved how much they suck this time, and not just that, they also proved really how special this Notre Dame team is going to be. Yeah, and look. It's early in the season, we know, but we're going to savor that. I'm not even thinking about November right now. I'm thinking about how many damn points we could put up on Ball State this upcoming yeah. week. But I'm also, you got to bask in this. You got to enjoy it. I, I have a feeling we're preaching to the choir for the majority of our audience, but if you're in there at all and you're trying to tear anything apart, this is not the game for it. Because no. you have to, for whatever reason, and it's maybe it's just because this is how I feel in my little Notre Dame bubble. But for some reason, it feels like no other team besides Michigan, when they lose to Notre Dame, has more of an implosion of anger that it fucking happened. You know, SC and Notre Dame, big time rivals. But when we get the better of each other, we're pissed about it. But it does not seem to be this kind of reaction. This is like a bad visceral reaction. And and one in seven against your rivals is what Harbaugh is. Getting paid millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, Feinbaum had the uh, the screenshot from SportsCenter that he's basically Brady Hoke as far as record, and uh, he actually yeah. beat his rivals. But then again, <laughs> Notre Dame kind of sucked, and Ohio State was not nearly the murder machine that they are now. But still, this was the dream hire. It's why I wrote that whole bury them piece. Yep. They went all in. They're paying a guy a million dollars to coordinate the passing game. And they only, let me see here, they got 217 yards, and that was with Notre Dame yeah. playing soft. They're paying so much money to that entire coaching staff. There is no out besides swallowing it. And then who are you? we say this about Notre Dame all the time. Now what you going to do? Who are you going to yeah. get now? And not only that, if you find somebody, you're not swinging that big monetary stick. There's going to be people on the board saying, uh, no, we, we can't afford this shit. 
we're yeah. you know we're we can't do like seven million in this weird life insurance scam that we got going on or whatever the fuck we may need to only pay three four million dollars here and then they're going to turn around take a look at the roster slowly taking a nosedive from harbor's recruiting that's about to take a huge dump they're gonna yep. be nah i'm gonna go somewhere else yeah somewhere that actually wins you know development actually takes place somewhere on the up maybe somewhere like i don't know maybe notre dame i don't know <laughs> uh, oh, no man. the whole thing the whole thing is whatever michigan thought they bought i mean it's too late to return it so you know at this point you know the the, the window has has passed you know you're gonna have to keep that one so um it, 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 may this continue on in perpetuity forever because it's just hysterical to watch them continue to circle this train you know like every turd every single year that they hire but you know I, what they where their what their losses are, are are benefits and i'm at this point now where all i care about is i want to see what this team can do leading up to stanford from here because they should definitely i would expect end up at stanford 3 and 0 Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, there's no reason they should. And let's put it that way. If we're going on paper, there's no reason you should lose the ball state. There's no reason you should lose the Vanderbilt. So yes, Stanford is the next measuring stick. Notre Dame has had decent success against Stanford with home field. So they got that going for them. But if there is one coach in the rotation or uh, eventually I'm going to, uh, you know, that top 25 list, I eventually need to yeah. get some stuff out there. I've worked on that. That Stu Mandel had out on the top 25 coaches that BK was not on. Um, Shaw was the one that has really gotten the better of Kelly pretty consistently. And I'd always thought that Shaw was building off of, and I've said it many times in in written word in tweets and on this podcast that Shaw just built off of Harbaugh's success and he just seems to get lucky. Now I'm starting to think that Harbaugh caught lightning in a bottle and that Shaw has actually been the only one to maintain some, you know, modicum of success out there. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop for them. Uh, and I'm still not fully bought in, but whatever mystique Harbaugh had is, is completely shattered now. And, yeah. and I really thought he was one of the top coaches as much as I've given him hell deep down. I'm like, this guy's a good coach. He's eventually going to figure it out. And I really hope to God it's not against Notre Dame. Well, he had, hasn't figured it out. He doesn't look like he's going to figure it out. So this is just all kinds of delicious. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the best <laughs> life life energy. Oh, we uh the chat's correcting us. Uh, Wake Forest, I forgot. My bad. Oh, it's right. The, the week after Vanderbilt is Wake Forest, the twenty second. Right? I love having the the live fat checking right now. It's great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lead egg tech say that the Seahawks broke Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Yeah. However, it worked. I tell you what, yeah. Colin Kaepernick made that son of a bitch look good. I'll- yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, uh, J-Train8 uh, has something that said, I love that BK and a few players confirmed they felt a little disrespected by the coverage leading into the game. ESPN pushed all their chips in on Michigan. Kind of enjoyed asking, like, <laughs> scorn prom dates this week. Yeah. yeah. I, I, w- I would say that's pretty fair, at least for the, the narrative that was going in. Now, granted, it was, um, uh, well, the only expert on the game day panel was Corso that picked him. So, he comes out looking good with the weird yeah. hunchback uh, little bit that, that he did. That was weird. No sense. I'm sorry. I get it. The words Notre Dame exist in that sentence, but they share nothing in common. He was, he was just trying to, it's like, I've already dressed as a leprechaun. Now what can I do? So he was, he was just looking for something new. Uh, but yeah. And, you know, Luke Bryan, you know, redeemed himself from being a guest picker. But if you pick against the home crowd, you're a real moron. So, uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I would say that's pretty fair. Even now, I mean, a lot of the headlines, it is focused on, well, Harbaugh hasn't figured it out on offense. You know, again, there's more quarterback troubles in Ann Arbor. You know, Harbaugh this, Michigan that. And it it does seem, and again, this could be because we're all in our little Notre Dame bubbles here, but it really seems like outside of our little circle here, it doesn't look like the defense is getting the props that they should because they tore Michigan a new one. And yep. Shea Patterson may have a decent season. He actually looked pretty decent for parts of the game. But you're only going to be so good when you're running for your life all game long, and then you're yep. cramping up because of it. Eventually, it's going to go south, and there's just not a whole lot you can do. We've How many quarterbacks, Shane, have we watched try to put the team right. on their back? Jimmy Clausen's freshman year all right, is, is a perfect example. He had the worst offensive line I have ever seen in college football at this kind of a level. And he was trying to do everything he could, and he was a great player, but he could only do so much, and he wasn't going to be the one that wins him a game. And that's what Shea Patterson's looking at right now is he's got an offensive line that probably can't keep him upright, and he's going to be wondering why he decided not to jump ship at Ole Miss at this point. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, look, it's like you said, it's weird. The only storylines you're you're really hearing are what did Michigan fuck up? What were the expectations that were way too high on them? Or how much better is Wimbush than we thought he was going to be, right? Which is, you know, credit where where it's due, but it's not the whole story. Really, I'd call it almost an 80-20, maybe not a 70-30. The defense did the work. The defense disrupted. The defense carried the load. The offense was essentially expected to start at least at least start where they left off or be better than they were. That's essentially all the expectation was supposed to be. But the defense was kind of this question mark. Was like, they seen more experience, but can they actually get the, the passers that they need to disrupt? And instead, it was more so the can Michigan keep their, themselves upright? And are they still aware which direction is north? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were six for 13 on third down. They were zero for three on fourth. And let's also not forget that there were two times Michigan had a short field and they got nothing to show for it. I think they got a field goal out of it, if I remember right. We There was a yeah. kickoff out of bounds, and then Dorr, the same person that had the kickoff out of bounds, makes a tackle but makes it out of bounds, so he gets a late hit penalty. Michigan had two short fields, and the defense stepped up both times and held him to a field goal on those two combined drives. And then they on another red zone attempt, they... You know, it's a field goal attempt, and then they get the yips or something and can't hold the ball on the snap. I still have no idea what happened there. They botched the snap. They botched the hold. So they, they, apparently the snap went high, but then the holder, it slipped out of his hands as he was bringing it down, and then he just had to run with it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it, they were all out of sorts. The defense was holding their end of the bargain in spades. And yep. again, when playing a previous defense, getting all the junk yardage. Michigan only got 275 yards all game long. Notre Dame, yeah, they only got 284. That was because they sat on their hands and they did it yeah. on purpose in the yep. second half and their bleeding clock. They could have easily, if they wanted to push the pace, they could have gotten 80 to 85 plays in this game if they wanted to. Instead, they ended with 70 because that's all they needed. They didn't need to, they just wanted to bleed as much clock as possible. They had their quick strikes and then it was up to Michigan to, to catch up there. Uh, so it's, it, it was, it was awesome to watch. I mean, I'm just, I need to rewatch this game. I got two days off 
for more. I've already watched it three times. <laughs> I, I need to watch it again. I, I I got to watch way too much Paw Patrol today. That's what I got to watch when I was watching because my wife was working, so uh, yeah. I was on kid duty, and there was a Paw Patrol marathon. Uh, it looked like they had a lot more uh, teamwork and cohesiveness and uh, leadership than Michigan has right now, I must say. Uh, so Paw Patrol on a whirl, Michigan not so much. Nope. <laughs> and and they they go in now. They they're going to face Western Michigan, and it would not surprise me in the least if they struggle against Western Michigan. If they struggle against any team with the pulse, because you have to remember that if, counting last season, they have beat one team over five hundred, and that's Purdue, and that is only yeah. because Purdue won their bowl game and went seven and six. They, yeah, <laughs> they can't beat anybody on the road. They can't beat a team over 500 right now. They are in a nosedive and a free fall. And I am here for staying warm yep. by that fire this fall and winter. Oh, yes. I want to drink all of that. All of that. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, goodness. Uh, I, I, I need to apologize to Julian Quara because oh, we have not oh talked about his pick. His unbelievable pick, man. Just. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jay Train, for pointing that out because that was ridiculous. I mean, you almost wish he was a little bit fatter so it could be a true Peisman moment because that dude's in shape. But that is a very large man, 15 yards downfield, just picking the ball off and then toe dragging two feet down the line. (laughs) No, dude, to get his head around, I mean, that first of all, that he trailed the tight end all the way across the formation like that without really losing a step. I mean, they've got that speed. Their stamina must be outrageous at this point. But then he, he makes sure that he realizes when the tight end ha- is, is now positioning his body to make the catch and he gets his head around and he just absolutely times it perfectly. And like you said, then double taps his toes like he's like he's so like he's good. I mean, it's it was complete. You, you can imagine the number of times they've practiced that at this point. Uh, and and he was all over the place, too. And it's so funny that BVG, I mean, that was his signature, was dropping a freaking DE back in coverage, and it drove us insane. But now that we actually got people that can rush, yep. and you got people that can fill in on our blitz, it does. it's not that big of a deal anymore. You that know, we're, we're insane. Yeah, it actually makes sense. And we're not doing it all the fucking time, either, which is what we were doing yeah. with BVG. And there was another play where Okwar, he nearly got another one, but he yeah. was dropping <laughs> That I mean... We had zero safeties get an interception last year. And the first interception, Gilman nearly had one on a deflection. Yeah. We're real close to getting off that schneid. But the first interceptions by a defensive end, that's just fucking awesome. Great. Oh, man. It was so great. So awesome. The game plan was good. Uh, the game plan was great. They yeah. they definitely came in and, you know, they they did exactly what you should. And Notre Dame has been so bad at getting off to big starts. Big, especially in big games. Oh, yeah. And they needed to do it here. They did it. They rode the crowd. The crowd was into it. The crowd was pumped. I heard that they played a replay of the 1988 penalty where the crowd got penalized and it sent the crowd bananas after they oh, saw it on the yeah. Jumbotron. Um, nice. and, and then, you know, the roof came off that place when Coney picked up that fumble. Yeah. God, I mean, we barely even talked about Coney either. And he was. That guy looks like a starting linebacker in the NFL right now. It's insane. It is absolutely yeah, I, insane how good he He was a backup last year. He was. Yeah. He was honestly, number two on the depth chart. The entire front seven just went through an incredible evolution. I mean, like we never even mentioned the, the name Khalid Kareem last year, even in, in passing. And I guarantee you this year, he's going to be the one that we mentioned perhaps the most by the end of the season. 
Yeah, you That's still got Tillery making a huge impact as well. Okwara makes an impact. <laughs> Playing pass defense of all yeah. things. Yeah, it was nuts. I mean, Ball State, God, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I mean, at, at least you recognize that uh, you, you'll probably see a Ball State, you'll probably see a little bit more Avery Davis getting a little bit more involvement so they can actually try to polish up some of the stuff they want to do with him because they were clearly like not on pace with it yeah. uh, for the second game. But, I mean, still, I'm so sorry they have to see Jafar Armstrong. I'm so sorry they have to see anybody in the front seven. In fact, I mean, I'm just so sorry that, you know, that 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 they have to show up on the field at all. But uh, it's 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 still it's one of those things that, like, I'm still in awe. It hasn't it hasn't quite set in. Yeah, I must say, you mentioned Jafar Armstrong. I must say, now I'm feeling very vindicated on my top 25 that I yeah, put him in there and I did not put Jones Jr. in there. I trusted my gut and it's paying off right now. So yeah. week one, I'm looking good. So I, yeah. if that's the thing that makes these players actually, you know, work, because Bilal was another one that yeah. or what what the fuck was Flutie calling him? Like Bill Lie or something like that? Bilal. Bilal. He was completely fucking his name up. Can we get Flutie out of the booth? Oh for the God. love of God. I don't know why. That was the only thing know. ruining my mood the entire game was that asshole. I just don't get why they try to pretend like like nobody else is seeing this shit. Like we're all watching it in real time. He's just he's just there to, to shit on Notre Dame. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. And he couldn't. That was the best part about yeah. it. He couldn't. There wasn't an opportunity to. Yep. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was great. I really, really hope this is a harbinger for very good things to come. Because yeah. look, there's a long way to go. But if you we see the same kind of effort against Stanford. And really, that's what it is about, the effort. Because if they play like this, it, they're going to be one hell of a hard team to beat by anybody in the country. And, I agree. And they actually have the depth as well, especially on the D-line. I know they're not Alabama, but that's what it felt like for just a little yeah. bit there was that, okay, somebody yeah. goes down, here we go. We're just going to fill in with somebody else going to tear this yeah, yeah. new new asshole. And when we haven't had that in, God, I don't know, maybe since 88? As far yeah. as depth goes. And so that's what really has me excited that there is this depth that the team is playing loose. That was a big time moment. That was a nerve wracking, could have been a nerve wracking experience. And it looked like they were just out there having the fucking time of their lives and nothing was yeah. going to get them down because they're like, yeah, we got this. We're going to beat the hell out of them. And we know it. And yeah. we haven't had that swagger. I mean, I don't know. Even 2012, we really didn't have that kind of swagger. I'm just all. saying, man, like not to go on, on what could have been, but this all of this is happening sounds Sean Crawford. I mean, imagine. That's true. Imagine. I know. We're, we're, so, we're, we're down a nickelback and we're still doing this. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Lighting up a, a team like Michigan. So I, I, all I can say is I cannot wait. Uh, I, I just feel like they're going to ride this wave into a, a maybe a, a, a pretty likely four and oh into into stanford and then we can see what's really going to happen there but i'm just excited to see how to see them put it together week to week now it's like now it's a, it's like we have our own new new thing like a, a new shiny toy yeah and hopefully like look they got to keep going they got to do the work it's got to come yeah. in week after week i, I really don't want to come on here next week it's like oh michigan was great and we beat ball state but uh why what the hell happened here 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 and here yeah, definitely yeah, don't want to see that because that yeah. will also mean one bush is out of sorts but hopefully you know knock on wood that we don't have that going on oh, yeah. oh i mean shane anything else you want to cover anybody else you want to gloat on because this this was pretty freaking awesome 
I mean, at this point, I can't even do my usual thing about like loving or, or crushing on Chase Claypool because he was just one of many. You know what I mean? Like they, Chris Fink kind of outplayed him. You know, Miles Boykin had a catch that would have been ungodly had it not been wiped off by penalty. You know, like it's just everybody looked amazing. I you forgot know I mean? about that. The the touchdown that got wiped out yeah. because of a weird formation thing. And then yeah, what happens? Call. Yoon just goes and kicks a 45 plus yard field goal like it was yeah, a damn no extra problem. point. <laughs> yeah, it was a 48 yard immediately. That's fine. No, I mean, everybody, everything top to bottom looked great, except for, for perhaps the offensive line showed that the two tackles need a little bit more time to get settled in, in my opinion. Um, and then if anything else, the special team situation was a little bit iffy. Um, but yeah. everything else, everything else pretty much came together. Absolutely. It was great. It feels good to be on the end of this. It feels good yeah. not to stress about it. It feels great to watch Michigan chew themselves up from the inside as well. And yeah, folks, that's going to do it. We'll be back to give you a little bit of a preview in our own special way at Notre Dame Ball State. So make sure you subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, and of course, you can always find us at HerLittleSons.com. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitch.tv slash HerLittleSons to check us out live. Email the show, podcast at HerLittleSons.com, HerLittleSons.com slash Discord to chat with us live. Until next time, y'all, go Irish, beat Ball State. Have a good one. At one point, we actually had seven.